Blog Talk Radio. Can't touch me. Can't touch me. Judge, 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 just like the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 2. I've got diplomatic immunity, so hey, mate, you can't sue. I can write graffiti, even jaywalk in the street. I can riot, loot, not give a hoot, and touch your sister's teeth. Can't touch me. <laughs> I had to. I had to, folks. How's everybody? <laughs> I had to. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm sure JT's on the line just uh, wondering what the hell that was. Folks, how's everybody? Fantasy Jester Show. I am he, the one, the only. Fantasy Jester, how's everybody doing tonight? Brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. Bob Talk Radio. BreadFromYourBed.com. And Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. Folks, that is the kind of, the kind of mood I just... I'm having some fun. I am having a ball lately. And, uh, you know, for those of you who uh, follow the FXE show, the FXE live show on Wednesdays, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm just, it's just a great time. We've got football playoffs going on. We've got wrestling going on, Royal Rumble coming up. We've got, we're right in the middle of the NBA season, NHL season. Pitchers and catchers report in a month, and FXE shows our personal uh, wrestling production being started, and we're kicking them off uh, March 18th. So, just a, a fun time. So, yeah, I came out with that intro today, just something, just something different instead of the music or, you know, any of the. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. You know, all that stuff's nice, and I can, you know, kid around with that and have the music and all that, but I had to. I had to come out. Let's have some fun making podcasts great again, and that seems to be the theme through everything for Fantasy uh, Jester and the Jester himself is, you know, let's make things great again. It's a a good time in, in your life right now if you're a sports fan, so let's have some fun. Tonight, we're going to be talking MLB news and notes regarding the newly named Hall of Famers. <sighs> I, ha- I have, uh, you know, and that's, I'm saving my rant. And for some of you, you already know my rant. Usually, I, I go down the rundown of what we're going to have, and then I give you my rant. I'm going to save my rant for, while we're talking about the newly named Hall of Famers, because there's somebody on there worth ranting about and uh we'll talk about that in a little bit wrestling again royal rumble is uh coming up got some interesting matches and uh we'll you know we'll touch uh briefly a little bit on wwe fxe and you know we're gonna toss out another new little tidbit again we're marching forward to the february 8th announcement of the show for March 18th and uh, the card in particular and the venue and all that good stuff. As we march towards that, you know, little by little, I'm going to give you tidbits of some of the, some of the locals that'll be on the card for, you know, let's get everybody interested. Let's get, let's get their fan base going and uh, ready for all this as well. Uh, And then, like I said, for the rest of you FXE people, 
the whole main card and, and the meat and the potatoes, if you will, of the card, uh, you know, the main match and all that will be announced uh, on February 8th. So, again, FXE's come. NFL, the AFC NFC Championship Games, you know, we're going to break it down. We're going to take a look not just at the games and the predictions of the games, okay, and what's going on there. But also, you know, let's take a look for you daily fantasy players. You know, once upon a time, it wasn't just Jester. I was a fantasy Jester. And so we want to go ahead for you daily fantasy people and go ahead and get you guys ready for these games tomorrow and uh, what we see, what JT and I happen to see for these games. Moving on, we'll try and get to the NBA who JT might have. I've got a couple a couple of players uh, for you to take a look at. Not really. There's nobody on the horizon with a low uh, ownership rate. I have people in the 50s for you. That's normally not what I give, but I've got two people in the 50s. So if they're both 50-50 that they're there, it's likely one of the two will probably be available in your league. Um, and then – Again, if we have time, if time allows, we've got NHL. It is the Justice Playground, you know, so I I love my hockey. Uh, Maybe JT has somebody, too. I've got a goaltender for everybody and uh, for you to pay attention to. 65% owned. He's still available out there, which I I, I really don't understand, uh, uh, considering the circumstances that he's going to be under. And, again, that's what you got to look at. Whenever you're playing fantasy sports, you know, don't get enamored with a name or, or you got to look at the matchups or the overall picture, maybe what's going on with the team, the direction it's taking, you know, um, and, and, and what happens as the season progresses, different things happen. You know, if you have a, if you have a team that's fallen out of the playoffs, they're more likely to play a young guy and see what they have or a high draft pick and start getting it integrated for next year. So these are some of the guys on the fantasy uh, outlook that you should be uh, paying attention to. Like I said, we're going to go ahead. As always, we've got JT, the one, the only Jason Townsend coming to us for his last, his last podcast. This is it. That's not it. Uh, um, uh, this is it from his current location, though. This isn't his last podcast. It's just happened to be his last from the current location. He is moving on, moving to bigger and better things, but he's not leaving us while he does that. So he'll be on later on. Again, Jason Townsend, Fez, F-E-Z, 437. We'll bring him on in a minute or two here. Just want to go ahead and make sure you know some of the outlets now that you can go ahead and see Fantasy Jester. Not just at fantasyjusticesports.com, but now we have the new fxeworld.com for the wrestling portion, okay, so that you can go there, check out what's going on just for FXE. So you, you want to find out what's going on. You got that there. But now with everything that's going on, because we've got the podcast, we've got YouTube, Twitter. Facebook, this, that, that, and everything else that's going on. And now we're getting ready to have show dates for FXE and all that. What better way to make it easier 
for all of you, and again, we've got iTunes, you know, you iTunes people out there, you can find Fantasy Justice Show, covers all the different podcasts, not just this one. But we've made it easier for you with the Fantasy Jester app. Fantasy Jester app. Everybody wants an app. I got an app. To make it easy for all of you. And if you go to app, app maker, A-P-P-M-A-K-R dot com and go look for Fantasy Jester. Actually, if you type in fantasy, I'm one of the top ones now, I guess. I, I have no idea how that happened, but or maybe it just does that on my computer. I don't know. It fits for me, though. Anyway, you type in Fantasy Jester, you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see the Fantasy Jester logo right there for you. And you'll be able to add it to your iPhone, your Android, have it right there with you at all times. Real simple, all different ways to get to all the different outlets that we have now. It's 10 after. I haven't ranted, but you know what time it is. Folks, I refer to him as the Encyclopedia of Sports. I also refer to him to a lot of other things that I can't say on air. But I also refer to him as a friend and a brother. So, Jason Townsend, how are you tonight, sir? Doing fantastic, Jester, as you alluded to earlier. The final broadcast from my current location in Columbus, Ohio, as I move south to Dallas, Texas, a much bigger market uh, and a lot warmer weather. Well, uh, and that was – I I thought I'd get the listeners real good with your whole announcement of your last (laughs) podcast. No, you're not rid of me that quick. The way FXC and the Fantasy Jester are blowing up, I'm not jumping off this yet. And it's been recently, too, just more so. I mean, it's been great. Folks, we're a year into a lot of not even a year into a lot of this. And the past couple of months, uh, JT, have been fantastic. Absolute fun time. Hey, yeah, the listeners are coming through for us. They're out there. We love having you, and we plan on bringing you bigger and better stuff every single show. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that—that that is the truth. You know, we get the opportunity, and I used to say this regularly at the beginning of our shows when we first started out, and uh, it is definitely more and more fitting as I go ahead, and we all enjoy the life we're living as we're bringing this all to you. Uh, if it wasn't for all of you, we wouldn't be able to wrap our lives in sports the way we do. Uh, we absolutely love sports, but you, the fan, you, the listener, and you, the people that are going to be coming out to the FXE shows, are what drives us to do what we do. We deserve, you deserve the best of everything that we have to offer, whether it's fantasy sports or a wrestling show on March 18th. You're, you're a fan of sports. You deserve the best of everything. So hope you're, you continue to enjoy. JT, let's go ahead. Let's get right into this and because... I can't hold back my rant forever. And uh, no, and I, I have a feeling I know right where your rant's going. So uh, you know, I think we should have at it. I, I think we'll stay positive first. I think we're going to stay positive first. I'm going to ask you how you felt about Bagwell, Reigns, uh, Rodriguez, and, and Schuerholz. Okay. 
Well, you know, I want to ask you it, about those I mean, four. Those four. Well, looking at it, Tim Raines, I mean, how long was this guy on the ballot before he finally got in? Uh, as much as I hate to say this, and I'm referring just to the three players, I really like the Ivan Rodriguez uh, addition. I think you got who changed the way the position was played. You got a guy that, you know, back when he first came up, you know, you had a few catchers, you know, the kid and some of these other guys out there, you know, like the Gary Carters back then that used to hit the ball for average and power, but mainly they were guys that were just defensive-minded backstops. You know, Ivan Rodriguez came in and became an MVP candidate perennially, probably through mid to late 90s. Um, so definitely a guy that I thought should have been in. Um, and since we're staying positive, uh, I'll refrain <laughs> to mention the other two uh, gentlemen and, and until we get to the negative side of the show. Sureholtz, he's a GM that revolutionized the way uh, scouting was done. Uh, a guy that you barely see, ever see this guy lose a trade. Uh, definitely somebody that I think is good for the Hall of Fame and somebody who uh, is well-deserved to be there. <sighs> and uh, I just I, – I, I hear you. And you know what? I am just so stuck on rant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even – I want to bring something nice, and I can't because I, in my head I've just got it filled with – I've got to get this out of me right now because ever since – Listen, uh, we made this edition up, uh, and we talked about it during the week and, and all that, uh, and we knew we'd be talking Hall of Famers, and this has been building all week. I haven't said anything on social media. I haven't said anything on Facebook or Twitter. or any, I haven't mm-hmm. said it anywhere. No, you I haven't. I kept it in, and I've been a good boy. But right now, I'd like to take that time to go ahead for my rant, if I may, and talk about the fine work and obviously Hall of Fame work that Bud Selig brought to Major League Baseball. I really enjoy wow. this pick. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy this pick because it is it it, it just really shows me. Just how bad the Hall of Fame has now become. <laughs> because it is no longer, I'm sorry. They have, when, once you put somebody like Bud Selig in, you have forever tarnished the good mm. name of baseball and every Hall of Fame member in it. Bud Selig is the piece of crap that went ahead and brought steroids, allowed the steroid era, wanted the steroid era. Hell, he made slogans, chicks dig the long ball, so that baseball could rebound from labor problems. Yeah. This is what he allowed to go on. Now, he went ahead and created a monster. Now, the average fan at the time, before it was vilified, the average fan was enjoying baseball. They really were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McGuire's hitting. They do. Okay, we're starting to see bigger numbers. Okay, the guys are getting bigger. But you know what? The average fan never really gave a crap why. 
They wanted to see the home runs. Selig knew this. That's why he came up with all the uh, slogans. And to bring women in, chicks dig the long ball. Most chicks I know hate baseball. Yeah, they really do. It is. Anyway, so now, okay, so he creates this whole big monster and lets it out of the closet. Then, at his own convenience, to make him look good, to make him this whole, because I don't know what the hell, what, what his qualifications were that get him in the hall. What was the miraculous thing? What was the great contribution to baseball that this guy brought? Controversy? Well, controversy, but hold, you look hold at on. Let's take a look. Hold on, JT, please. He, he, he huh? brought controversy. He brought us players that you will forever question yes or no because you don't have proof. All you have is suspect and reports. You bring in tarnished records of a whole era of players. A whole era of players' numbers are tarnished because you don't know who was juiced, who wasn't, who was legit, who would have done better if they were legit and the rest of the league was. You, you, you just put a whole blemish on a whole friggin' era of baseball and you go to the Hall of Fame? Wait a minute. And then the icing on this beautiful mess, the icing on this beautiful mess that he created, he goes to the hall and the guys that did the steroids can't get in. Oh, contraire, mon frere. I think there's somebody that is going in that um, used to pal around with Ken Caminiti. Yeah. Who, um, who just kicked the door open who just kicked the door open for Roger Clemens to get into the hall as well in Jeff Bagwell. That is so suspect to me. How that dude just made the Hall of Fame is beyond me. But it ties right in with what you're saying with Bud Selig. And, you know, you think about baseball. I mean, go all the way back to what was it? Uh, sometime in 1951, I believe, through the mid-60s, he had Ford Frick, Commissioner, William Eckert, uh, Bowie Kuhn, Peter Uberoth, Bartlett Giamatti only lasted five months because he passed away. But, you know, that was when baseball, in my opinion, was in its heyday. You know, you look between those sets of commissioners, uh, Faye Vincent, and then it just really went downhill with Bud Selig come 1992. So um, definitely a guy that in a lot of ways ruined um, the purity of the sport of baseball. And like you said, you know, what's his punishment for that? Hey, guess what? You're in the Hall of Fame. Uh- uh, okay, uh, but here's the thing. You can't go ahead, okay, for an error that you create, and now you go ahead and vilify these people for saying that they are cheaters, and you won't let them in the hall because they did things that were allowed during the time. See, it wasn't as if well, hey, listen, you know how long the ban on steroids was? No. It was a regular thing. You could walk through locker rooms and know who was back then and who wasn't. Right. Right. And yep. now you're going to sit there and say that that doesn't count. Okay, now wait a second, JT. We all know, you know, 
every era faces something, okay? In every every sport, because everybody's trying to win. It's the level of competition, and that's fine. Yeah. Listen, I have nothing. If at the time it was legal for them, okay, to eat monkey turds, and it did something to their batting, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Don't vilify it after. And, and you got right. guys in the Hall of Fame Known guys corked bat. Known guys spitball throwers. Those were illegal yeah, at yeah. all times. Gaylord right. Harry's in. Now, I yeah, love Gaylord, I mean, and I'm not saying anything. He's a great guy. He's a great man, okay? But, but fact or fact, he cheated. His numbers yeah. got that way because he cheated, folks. Well, and, so, I mean, it's the height of hypocrisy. Be... Well, let me ask you this, Chester. So, you know, you mentioned basically each era has its own own problem. I mean, take it all the way back to what was it, 1920s with uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis as your as your commissioner. You had the gambling problems, amongst other things. Uh, you know, like so, so like you said, each era has its own problems. But when you look at this, I mean, Bud Selig has no business being allowed to buy a ticket to the Hall of Fame, let alone being inducted to the Hall of Fame. He created the disaster. That's what I don't understand. And yeah, he created the disaster to pull his ass out of the fire for the 1994 lockout, where he what had been commissioner now three years, so he can't blame that on Faye Vincent. Okay, and then he created this situation, like you said, to pull his ass out of the fire, and then to turn around and condemn it once it served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like I said, and then say that those numbers during that time that you allowed it, they don't count either. I, it's just a whole, it's a whole flaming ball of hypocrisy. It's just, it's just, it, it, he is a black mark on the sport. He's a, he's more of a black mark. Hold on. He's more of a black mark on the sport than Pete Rose ever was. Ever was. I don't even think that's a question. I don't even think that's close. And yeah, I agree with you completely. Somebody, please. Pete Rose. Can we get Come Pete on. in Pete before, Rose he, never, before he passes? Right, and he never bet on his team to lose. To me, that is the biggest line in the sand that you need to look at. He bet on his team to win. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, they didn't like it I mean, because he lied about it at first. He made, he, you know, they felt know. like they treated him like, treated them like they were idiots, and pretty much they were anyway. But that's uh, well, in hypo- let me in ask hypocrisy. you this real quick. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick. So we obviously see how you feel about the former commissioner and Bud Selig. How do you feel that? Uh, the, what do you feel about the hands that baseball rests in now and Rob Manfred? Uh I, I, you know what? I really don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. You know what? Baseball is one of those sports that you should just leave the hell alone. You know, yeah. I understand that in this fast-paced era, everybody wants instant gratification, but there are still people out there who like to take in a day at the ballpark to just kick back, relax, and enjoy. They don't need the high speed of the rest of the world because the rest of the world is high speed enough. They like the break. 
you know, they've talked about the uh, pitch clock and all that, and they're experimenting with right. that. I think that's I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard too. Um, get you the know, batter in the box. Team. Get the batter in the box when the batter says uh, they need time. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You either step up and swing, or uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, you know, there are different things. Baseball is going to have a greater problem uh, on the horizon because it's going to be harder to uh, to monitor, and, and that is the guys getting into all the HGH and uh, you know human growth hormones, folks, and, and all the uh, high tech that is coming into science and the building of our bodies. You know, we you don't have to go further than wrestling to look at Finn Balor. And that shoulder injury, and here he is. He's getting injections from across the uh, across the pond there, right? Uh, of right. You, uh, of uh, stem cells to regrow his shoulder stronger. Science is going to be play a huge part in sports in general, and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to govern this. So, and they were onto something with the six million dollar man back in the seventies, huh? Well, my question is this, is uh, at what point, see, they're going to come up with all different performance enhancers that you can do physically to your own body to add more muscle. You, look at Finn Bauer is about to add more muscle to a bad part in his shoulder simply by getting mm-hmm. a stem cell. How yeah. are you going to regulate yeah, exactly. that? Well, it's like, you, yeah, I don't see how you can. At this point, how can you? I mean, so, you know, they're going to have to come up with a way to beat that. And by the time they do, or that, you know, detect that. And by the time they do, they'll found something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who's the, you can't tell a man, uh, and you see, I can understand uh, the medication and all that. And the uh, after effects that they're worried about, they can claim that it's no good for your body, steroids and all that. Okay. But what happens when science takes it to the next level? And it's something safe like stem cell. How big, listen, all of a sudden now, if, I, if I'm a player and I hear that I can grow muscle stronger than it was before mm-hmm. with a simple stem cell injection, and I'm starting to go on the downside of my career, you know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. And, build them and you, know, you know how you combat that? You know how you combat that? The players' union and the league sit down and start saying in baseball, listen, if you're proven to do this, your contract is null and void, period. Right. Right. Because right now, if I come in and cheat for two years and get a fat payday of $300 million and get busted for roids next week, guess what? I still get paid my $300 million. What do you right. got to lose? Well, yeah, exactly. You don't have anything to lose, but I'm just saying, you know, how far are we from uh, people willing to genetically alter? You know, I mean, there's just so many things that we have to look forward to in sports as science finds its way in that, you know, here we are, we've got somebody like this that completely I mean, there's no secret that he was the one that let it all begin and helped promote it. And now he's the, you know, he, he was the one that said it was bad. He's the one that promoted it. 
and he is rewarded by being put in the hall with hallowed names of baseball. It just, I couldn't be more upset. You got to admit, though, you look at those five names overall, it's probably one of the weakest classes that I can remember. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, because I I look at it, and honestly, Pudge, I understand. Reigns has been there forever. That was a, that was a, I think that was a tribute to the Montreal Expos, to be honest with you. Um, well, and and Bagwell is the gateway drug, if you will. What? Right. I think I think Reigns was on the ballot for almost as many years as he played. 23. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, let's, let's be real. I mean, the guy's been, you know, the guy was a good player. It's like we discussed way back before the NFL season, we talked about Hall of Fame for that. Just because you're a good player – or even a great player doesn't mean you're a Hall of Fame player. And unfortunately for me, I do not agree with Tim Raines or Jeff Bagwell for the Hall of Fame. Rodriguez, I think, does get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he should have been in. Like I said, uh, Bagwell is the gateway drug to letting other people in. <laughs> um, switching gears... Let's go to wrestling. Let's go to wrestling and let's go to WWE. Hmm. Royal Rumble. Coming up. Seven uh, days, uh, a little over seven days away. Seven days away. And it is, it's really building a lot of excitement down here. Obviously, I'm, I am minutes away from where it'll be. I will be, uh, I'll probably be watching it with Jimmy over at his uh, over at his place. Okay, that's, well, that, well, let me. That's my option. And it was something that I get, Jimmy. It, that's a terrible place to watch it. But uh, you know, we didn't really get a chance to touch on this this past week with all the hell that broke loose on uh, FXE. But right. you know, is it me? That's is a whole other subject. They, yeah, to get into. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But or, go ahead. Are Braun, is it Braun Strowman starting to be to me look weaker and weaker and weaker by the week? <laughs> you look at this guy; he's huge, six eight, three hundred seventy five pounds. I don't see that choke slam move or a Batista bomb or something that shows off his size and strength. You know, the guy runs into you. You know, hell, JBL's clothesline looks better than this guy's clothesline from hell. You know, I just don't see that power move to to visually build this guy into the animal that they want us to believe he is. So that for me, you know, that's something I'd like to see, you know, WWE start to address this a little bit more. Give this guy the look, the look that you intended him to have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no doubt. And here's the thing though, which, uh, with, uh, Stroman, and this is funny, just talking about Jimmy Hart and, I I brought this up to Jimmy the other day, and he was like, "Wow, you know, that's a good point." And, and then he laughed. He goes, "Because uh, he took my, you know, he took my slogan and used it on me, folks. Uh, those of you who don't know, my slogan for FXE is making wrestling great again." And I brought this up to him, and he goes, "This is why you're making wrestling great again." My point was this, you know, there there's so few wrestling icons as far as big men the the hulk hogan's the gorilla monsoons you always hear that you always hear vince bitching about that 
you've got guys in house that if creative was doing their job, you've got phenomenal wrestlers that are big men. You've got Strowman who could be, you know, your cane now. Okay. Not real, you know, not gonna not gonna fly around. But you got guys like I I'm sorry. I happen to love Cass. You had once upon yeah, a time you, you compared him to Test, okay, and that's not a bad comparison. There's a big guy. So my thing to Jimmy was there are big guys like Strowman, like Cass and all that that if creative pushed them more and would put a strap on them, okay, young talent that size would go, I can do that. If you keep putting a strap on a six-foot Kevin Owens, a five-eight uh, AJ Styles, five, mm-hmm. they list him at five-ten, he's five-eight, that's a BS, okay, you keep putting a strap on the small guys, you're going to attract small guys. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Start, start glorifying the big men. Start putting a strap on the big men. Your seven-footers, and you know what? The 6'10", 6'11", seven-foot guys out there, the football players that can't make it in football, right. are going to pay attention and go, hey, I can make it in that sport, though. Well, let me ask you something. Have you noticed, to kind of go along with your point, so WWE's ratings are hurting in, in a lot of people's eyes. So what do we do? We bring back the seven-foot Undertaker. We bring in the 6566 Brock Lesnar. We bring in, you know, Goldberg. We bring in The Rock. We yeah. bring in all these big guys to save everything. When are they going to get that through their head? Obviously, you feel you need some – I mean, these guys are guys that have star power as well but they're big guys. Do you see a correlation, Vince? Well, like I said, it's, uh, it, it, it's, you got to have a fine mix. You got to have a right. fine mix. Okay? You got to have your smaller guys, your high flyers, your top rope guys, and you got to have your big guys that are just going to throw people around. Uh, but you got to be able to glorify both so that you're constantly creating an interest from the uh, talent pool for it. Right now, that's all you have is a bunch of guys that are five eight, five nine, five ten high flyers that are getting glorified. And hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I mean, they're they're fantastic at what they do. I've got a couple of guys. Listen, I've got a guy that I'm going to be announcing over these next uh, couple of weeks. That's a high flyer guy. Okay, and he is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. The guy. That, again, you'll all find out. Big men, we're going to have that. We're going to have the big guys. So, FXC, you know, and that's what I'm saying is FXC making wrestling great again. It's going to really be picking up the slack for what a good majority of people see that WWE might not have. You know, they've got people, good workers. I, I think, I think the people in the management level. Okay, have, uh, you know, Vince was in the hospital again uh, recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you out there who don't know, he, he had had a, a quad problem after doing, after doing that shot where he had uh, lifted, uh, deadlifted 400 pounds. He also had a quad problem, and now uh, I'm pretty sure he was in the hospital getting his uh, hip done. So um, 
they have left it to the kids pretty much to run and uh, done. And uh, it's not the, 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 the story, the, the storylines, okay. Need some work in my opinion. And, uh, but the workers are there to work. I mean, they, they put in a grueling schedule for them and I got to hand it to all the workers cause they do, they put in a, a grueling schedule. And I, I would imagine it's hard to maintain uh, the level of performance that they do night mm-hmm. in, night out. Right. Did you see, speaking of which, speaking of night in and night out and what they have to go through, did you see AJ Styles dropping Strowman? <laughs> Funny you bring that up. Boy. I'm, AJ, I mean, AJ Styles, personally, um, I, do, is it believable to you? It's kind of like we used to talk about with the Rey Mysterio beating Brock Lesnar for the title thing. No, he dropped him. In other words, at a house show, they were up on the corner ropes, and he was going to oh, suplex right. him. And he dropped him out, out of the ring. No, no, he fell. I saw the video. Right. I my actually point is, you, is it yeah. believable? Again, I guess I'm referring more to the booking side of him than him actually dropping him physically. Yeah, no, listen – you know what? That's been something that once upon a time, it really didn't matter, okay? Because the high flyer, smaller guy would have the talent to be faster than the big burly guy sometimes. And sometimes the big burly guy would get his hands on him and there'd be nothing you can do. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. No, no, no. I was fine with AJ and Strowman. I like the idea okay. because, again, it, you know, it, it helps the star power. And, and it, it listen, that. I'd rather see him, I'd rather see AJ against Strowman than Ellsworth. Well, yeah, I'd rather see anyone than Ellsworth, let's be honest. Um, I'm but hoping that's what they I'm stick him in the Rumble. Yeah, don't stick him in the Rumble. But so what you're telling me is basically drop Strowman, period. Oh, son of a gun. I'm sorry. My bad. I got everybody laughing at me. All right. Yes, I know. I know. I said the wrong name. I know. I know. I got people laughing at me here. Uh, no, it was uh, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Oh, okay. It was AJ Styles and Corbin. What happened was, is, yeah, all right. I'm looking at the video now. Yeah, it was Corbin. Son of a gun. Sorry, folks. Yeah, it was Corbin. I'm looking at the video right now. They're going up uh, in the corner, okay, and he goes to suplex them. And AJ falls okay. off the rope. And Ooh. Baron Corbin lands awkwardly outside of the ring. It was a three-way match between uh, Corbin, AJ Styles, and Cena. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. I knew I had read it. I thought it was Strowman. No, it was Corbin. And, yeah, what happened was that Cena was out of the ring up against the wall, okay, okay recovering. And not far from him was that corner – if you can picture it, uh, AJ Styles is going up. He's up on the rope, and he goes to lift Corbin. And as he does, he falls off the rope. Corbin falls off awkwardly, hits hard. A lot of people thought he was injured, and there's no word yet whether or not he, he was. The match continued, but uh, there is no word on you know what happened to him because he was down a second <laughs> to uh, recover. Oh, yeah, I'll have to watch the video on that, definitely. Yeah, you can go see that one. I saw that uh, video. It was on SE Scoops. Okay. I have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of videos. <laughs> mm, yes, I've been waiting to know about this video. 
Yeah, folks, uh, for those of you who have been following FXE and FXE Live on, on Wednesday, <laughs> we had a we had an accident or two. An oopsie, if you will. <laughs> Oops. And we had an oopsie not once, not twice, but we had three oopsies in one show, and uh, it was quite a mess here. For those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, on Wednesday, Everett Lee, our backstage reporter for FXE, uh, went through a table, not once, not twice, but he was slammed through a table three times to be left battered, broken, and uh, actually injured. Um, He'll be all right, folks. He'll be okay. (laughs) We'll patch him up. He'll be there for the... Yeah, yeah, we'll patch him up in time for March 18th. Don't worry, folks. He'll be there. We're going to lay off him so that he can heal between now and then. Um, yeah, yeah, it was an interesting night. And Brad Tinsdale for FantasyJusticeSports.com has uh, gone ahead. He just went ahead and just before, maybe about an hour before we went on air, he had uh, submitted it in to me. Before anything goes on, FantasyJusticeSports.com, folks, I go ahead, I review it, make sure it's okay. So um, I will go ahead, I will edit it, go take a look at the article. But uh, in that article is the video of Everett Lee going through the table three times. So That'll that'll be up on FantasyJesterSports.com probably uh, within 15, 20 minutes after the show. I just want to do a quick review. I'll throw it on up there for everybody to see. Go take a look at that. And then I'll go ahead and I'll I'll start posting it everywhere. You know, if you follow me on the Facebook page, on Twitter, on Instagram, on this, on on YouTube, on the podcast, or if you just make it easy for yourself. And get the Fantasy Jester app. It really is that simple. It'll be that easy. It's on your phone. Bing. Boop. One button. You're there for everything. And you won't miss a damn thing, folks. But, yeah, JT, um, that, that'll be out there real soon. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yep, I can't wait to see it. I will be uh, looking forward to that after the show. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm battling a little bit of a cold. Um, oh, yeah, that brutal Florida winter catching up to you, huh? Uh, yeah, actually, we had uh, winter was uh, not this past Sunday, but two Sundays ago, uh, the oh, whole okay, day. Okay. Yeah, we had winter. The it was whole a day. whole day. It was a whole day. It was brutal that day. And um, uh, we survived winter. Yeah, I'm worried about you. It's a tough Not day. The, uh, it's, a, it's the toughest day of the year. How did the uh, how did the sled dogs perform on getting you from place to place? I mean, were they were they ready to roll? You know, people underestimate the power of corgis, folks. I happen to have two corgis, <laughs> and they are able to tote my fat behind around on a sled just fine. Um, yeah, it was a it was a tough day of winter though. Uh, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We uh, got all the winter clothes unpacked in the morning, and then you know had to repack them that night. So. Uh, it was a busy day that day. Oh, poor thing. Busy day. Busy day in the Jester household. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to pick hey, out what I would wear. Well, yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, difficult for you. So, Which included um, socks. I'm glad you made it through that. Mm. Yes, I'm really glad you made it through that, you know. so uh, I hate socks. 
I absolutely hate socks. It feels like my my uh, you know my feet are claustrophobic. I think I'm not. My feet, huh. are. I'm good, but my feet are claustrophobic. I think. Anyway, let's go ahead. Let's get. We've got a little time before we get into the NFL and all that's going on there. Let's get into a little bit of uh, basketball. Shall we? Okay. The NBA. Yeah. I've got a couple of people on my uh, watch list. Uh, I'm going to go oh. first with one of them. Uh, what's up? That's it. Sure. No, go ahead. You go first. Oh, no, no, please. I'd rather you lead off. I want to hear what the fantasy jester has to say. Oh, okay. I, I know I love hearing what I have to say, and hopefully you all do, yes, too. Do. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I Probably I am probably – I don't know, but – I'd probably say I am my biggest fan. Thank you. James Johnson, folks, Miami, dual eligibility, 30 minutes a game now, okay, and over the last 30, he is shooting uh, 47.5 from the field. He has scored 24 three-pointers, 184 points, 74 rebounds, 59 assists, which happens to be more than Damian Lillard during that same time as far as assists. He has 14 steals, 14 blocks. The last 30 days, they have made him a starter. He will be a starter the rest of the year. And as long as he keeps getting 30-plus minutes a game, you can figure each and every one of those categories, field goal percentage, three-pointers, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He will fill the categories, uh, and he's still in the 50s as far as percentage owned, depending on where you play, whether it's ESPN or Yahoo. JT, your turn. Um, Depending on which league you play in, Yahoo I'm looking at here, point guard, shooting guard eligibility, Dallas Maverick, point guard slash shooting guard, Seth Curry. Uh, played 30 minutes tonight now in five of his last six games. Uh, 18, 15, and 15 were his point totals in the last three. 35% owned. Uh, it seems like Dallas at this point is willing to play younger players, wanting to get some of the young guys out on the floor. The guy does have a pretty good pedigree. Um, definitely will get you a few rebounds. Not much of an assist guy. He's more of a uh, chuck and duck kind of shooter. Occasionally will get you two, one, two, three steals. But a guy that definitely can help your team if you need three-point category, solid free-throw shooter, and uh, a guy that can get you in the teens in points. So 35% owned and uh, definitely somebody to give a look as Dallas uh, struggles the remainder of the NBA season. Nice, nice. And speaking of struggling, um, you don't have to go much further than uh, your beloved Los Angeles Lakers for my next team, next uh, player. Okay. Your rookie, who is now starting to be in the 30 minutes plus a game, is still only 50% owned. Brandon Ingram, folks, as the as the Lakers continue to lose. Uh, Luke Walton will worry less and less about winning and developing his young talent. And it's starting to occur now. He's starting, like I said, the past uh, past couple weeks, past two weeks here, he's gone ahead and started putting up 30-plus minutes a game and is a contributor in all stats. I'll leave it there. That's our 50-50 people. That's my 50-50 people. So if, between those two, there should be one of them in your league 
And if not, <laughs> tune in next week to see who we have that will be coming up this next week. I have a player that we're keeping an eye on that isn't owned, but isn't cracking the starting lineup. And right now I'm just trying to give you starting lineup people. And JT, you did the same. That was, you know, you got to always look for where a team is heading. Your Lakers mm-hmm. aren't heading anywhere, probably more than likely. And yeah, they'll be given as the season continues, Ingram will be getting the ball more and more. Yeah. I would definitely got to see what you have in the guy and get him some experience when it uh, won't really affect your season. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad year, not a bad year. Um actually uh, in fantasy basketball, I usually struggle. I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this year. Starting to make uh starting to make a little noise it seems like. Matter of fact, taking down the uh number 1 team this week so far. Hmm, look at you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked as I'm hell. Hey, listen, folks. Listen, I'll say what I'm good at, and I'll say what I'm not good at, okay? And I'm usually not good at basketball. And uh, right now, I'm in, uh, what am I, in fourth? And I am currently taking, I'm mollywomping, as you like to say, our uh, first mm, place uh, team. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'm proud yeah, of myself. You know, and, and, hey, in fourth place, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's playoffs right now, so just keep doing what you're doing. I believe you got about a seven-and-a-half game lead over the next team in the division and about a five-game lead over uh, fifth place. Well, like I said, it's uh, I'm happy. Uh, I'm finally starting to get the basketball down as well as uh, some of the other sports. It was it was bugging the heck out of me, i got to be honest with you, especially because it's my own damn league. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That that definitely tends to hurt a little bit more. Huh. Uh, going over, switching gears, let's get over to uh, hockey before we get to uh, football. Okay. What do you I've got, got you know, yeah, I got a goalie. I got a goalie. He's he's still, oh, you know, he's owned in about sixty percent of the leagues, depending on if you play Yahoo or ESPN. Um, Thomas Grice of the Islanders has taken over the starting job since uh, Halak left. And now they've gone ahead and they fired Jack Capuano. And it's going to change the Islanders greatly. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you uh, both moves. Uh, Grice is uh, a, a German national goaltender at a high level. He's world-class goaltender. You're not getting a, a a schmoby here. He's a world-class goaltender and you're getting him on a team that started out slow, has more talent than they've uh, put out onto the ice so far. They, the results on the ice uh, don't reflect the amount of talent on the team. They've gone ahead. They've changed coaches. Now all of a sudden they've gone and, and the Islanders this whole year, we're famous for letting up 30, the high 30s shots on goal in a game, okay? And now, over these past couple of games, now you're starting to see them play a little bit more defense and not just take it out of the high 30s. And I'm talking about 37, 38, 39 shots on goal a game. You just can't do that. Not in the NHL, folks, and expect to win. Now, all of a sudden, sporadically, we're getting games in the 20s. They're starting to play a little defense. They're starting to play up to their potential. They're starting to learn from the new coaching staff. Let's see what happens. 
And during these during the last four games, Grice has he's three and one with two shutouts. So this is nice. a team that's yeah, rolling. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah, the, this is a team that's starting to roll, starting to pick up defensively, starting to believe in himself, playing for a new coach. Not a bad mm-hmm. pickup. Not and probably no. an easy guy. Probably a very easy guy to go ahead and trade for. Go trade one of your skaters. And, and here's something for from the Uncle Jester for all of you. Okay, go trade him for one of your skaters. People aren't going to take him because it's the Islanders, okay? They're not, it's not going to cost you a lot. You're going to end up getting a goalie that's going to take you into the playoffs and do you real well, okay? And in the meantime, you have a better chance of a top skater being called up or That only stands to reason if you think about how many players play the position. So go out, go trade for the goalie mm. that you want now, move it forward, wait for a forward to come and emerge as the season progresses. You're welcome. Go dominate ha. your league with that little piece of advice. Well, maybe, uh, maybe I can help you out with that skater then. Uh, you know, looking at a guy that has my favorite eligibility in left and right wing eligibility. Guy named uh, Nino Niederreiter from uh, Minnesota. Guy that's uh, 14 goals, 17 assists. He's plus 18 on the season. Seven power play points, 88 shots on goal, and he's currently owned in only 41% of Yahoo leagues. And you're talking about a guy that over the last uh, week has three goals, two assists. He's plus one, 15 shots on goal. So guy coming off of a 20-goal, 23-assist season last year, and it seems like he's uh, only gotten better. So only 41% owned. Um, guy for the Minnesota Wild, Nino Niederreiter, somebody I would definitely give a look to, and he gives you both wings on eligibility. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be an ass when I say this. It's uh, Nino, uh, Nino Niederreiter. And, um, yeah, he is a, he's tomato, a guy. Tomato, you said you're Yeah, right. yeah, no, I got you, I got you. But here's the thing. You're talking about a guy now, and it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, pick that you give, uh, JT, because he's 24, folks. He's 24 years old. He's a bigger kid. He's 6'2", 205. This isn't, this isn't somebody small. I know exactly who you mm-hmm. happen to uh, be talking about, okay, because he was originally drafted fifth overall in the league 2010 by the Islanders. Oh, okay, they moved okay. him over. They moved him over. And originally, the, why the Wild picked him up? They thought he would be a great complement on the other side to Parisi. This kid's got talent. That was a, JT. When I tell you that was a folks, this is why I tell you listen to him. That was great. I I, I absolutely love that pick, JT. That is a great guy to pick Appreciate up it. if he's still available. Yeah, no, if he's still available, that's the kid to pick up. Minnesota Wild love him. He. Uh, He's going to go ahead and, and get things underway now as the season progresses. They're going to use him more, and, yeah, it, it's going to be real good. Nice pick, JT. I like that. That's, that's why I got you around there, bud. That's why you're around. Sure isn't for your good looks there, bud. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, not that. Uh, you know, we're going to go ahead 
and uh, start talking football in a minute, folks. Uh, but before I do, I want to go ahead, take a break, and, and talk about a couple of things, uh, and a couple of our sponsors in particular. You know, over this past, wow, eight months, almost nine, okay, we've had some great people helping us out, you know, and, and working with us. Obviously, JT and the whole staff here and, and all the writers at FantasyJesterSports.com. Uh, whether it's uh, Busy J, Joey Cage, Kid Kelly, you know, I, I know I'm going to forget people. Brad Tinsdale, we now have Everett Lee, and uh, we've got, oh, geez, I know I'm going to forget somebody, and I apologize. I'm sure I will, but you get the point. We've had a lot of support. None better than the two following companies. Breadfromyourbed.com, folks, is absolutely fantastic. Joey and the gang over there, they are a personal finance blog. And it really is everything that it says right in the title, breadfromyourbed.com. Joey and the gang show you a million ways either get your own business off the ground, okay, or how to make a little money here and there. You know, maybe you just need a little extra cash coming in. Joey and the gang, breadfromyourbed.com will be more than glad to help you. If you're starting up a business, website, social media, all that, whether it's the social media managing or the building of the website and all that, they help you with that too. Breadfromyourbed.com. The other sponsor that obviously I, I would be remiss without talking about the good people at Deep Obsession Charters in West Palm Beach. Absolutely fantastic people down there. If you want to go ahead and have the time of your life on a dive or learn how to dive, you know, they, they give lessons. This isn't just for the, uh, you know, the dive pro, the dive master and the people with the certifications and all that. This is so that you can go there and learn how to dive. There's also snorkel trips. See, you don't have to go under. You don't have to scuba dive. They also have snorkel trips that you can go snorkel the bridge or snorkel the sharks. Go swim with some sharks. Yes, because in their list of dives, you can see reef dives. You can see wreck dives. Uh, You've got technical dives. You've got, and the best, their shark dives, their baited shark dives. Absolutely incredible. Ryan and the gang over there at Deep Obsession Charters in West Palm Beach will take you out for the time of your life. You'll be able to pet sharks. How many people have that opportunity? Go do it, and they go do it, and they show you how sharks aren't all Shark Week plays out to be and how important they are to the ecosystem as well and and some of what's going on they will educate you on the sharks and and what the problem is as he goes ahead and brings you uh to the awareness of what's going on for them shark diving no cage though see that's where you lost me see uh plenty of people do it mrs jester has been down there and has run into a shark and uh, I, not me. I can promise you that I do the other dives. Absolutely fantastic. Guys, great things, great reefs, great wrecks, 
You got boat wrecks. You got plane wrecks. Have fun. Deep Obsession Charters. West Palm Beach. You can find them anywhere on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, folks. Now, let's do some personal business, shall we? FantasyJesterSports.com, FXEWorld.com. We'll be showing you also in the Brad Tinsdale article, not just the video, some of the first T-shirts I'm happy to announce. It really makes me excited. Some of the first T-shirts are coming off the press. We have the first Fantasy Jester uh, edition of the FXE shirt. We have the whole you see Renegade's first shirt off the press. So we've got a whole bunch of shirts that are going to go on. You know, we have the nothing you can do shirt that you're going to be paying attention to. Uh, You're not going to want to be without that. And like I said, you know, as we continue to transition into everything for FXE, the T-shirts will be uh, on the Brad Tinsdale site. The video will be on the Tinsdale site. And then we'll be setting up on uh, the sites how you can go ahead and purchase these shirts, not just uh, at the day of the show and at the shows, but also through the sites and all that. And, you know, we'll be announcing where you can purchase tickets to the shows and all that's coming up. But one of the things I'd like to do now is, you know, some of the cast of the shows, some of the uh, workers, some of the wrestlers of the shows are going to be uh, some of the local people. And by local, I mean, we, uh, from the Florida wrestling scene, folks, we, we've got, we're blessed down here with uh, some really good, really good local talent. Some of that local talent just needs uh hmm. You know, I'm not trying to piss anybody off when I say this, but some of the local talent just needs a better promoter, okay? Needs to be put out there a little better, be put in a better position, shall we say, uh, for the talent level that they bring, for the work ethic that they bring. If some of the promoters that they work for brought the work ethic that these wrestlers did, they'd be working at better promotions. So I'm happy to go ahead and have FXE rolling simply for them. You know, I enjoy doing this for the fans. I enjoy going ahead and going to put on a show for the fans so that they enjoy. Okay. But I also enjoy the idea of being able to put out there some of the finest young talent that Florida has to bring in wrestling. One of those talents, and I'm happy to say we've been going back and forth. If you've missed it on Twitter, I'm at fan, fantasy underscore jester. But if you've missed what's been going on lately, okay, we've been going back and forth on Twitter the past two days. And there's a local women's woman's talent down here named Mila Naniki. Now, Mila uh, caught my attention. I was watching a, a video on somebody else. Uh, I got into it looking at somebody else. 
Uh, somebody had told me, go check out this person. Well, I checked out that person. And I, I wasn't at all enamored with that person's work. And I got a couple other people's perspective on it, including uh, Mrs. Jester, because Mrs. Jester helps me review uh, the talent level of all the women. And um, she was not completely enamored either. But I am happy to say that there was a wrestler on that card that night that completely caught my eye. And uh, we've been going back and forth, like I said, on Twitter. Mila Naniki is now going to go ahead and join FXE and going to be on our roster as a regular. You know, for those of you who don't know, we're going to be talking about the television aspect of this and what being a regular means. And uh, JT, you know, you've had an opportunity now to go ahead. Now that I've uh, told you who one of the signees were uh, this week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've had an opportunity to take a look at her work. Uh, am I yeah. lying? Yeah. Or do we have a, do no. we have somebody that is a diamond in the rough? I mean, she can, she oh, can be somebody. Yeah. You, I don't know how somebody else didn't pick up on her. She uh, she can definitely uh, maneuver her way around that ring. Uh, she has a really good presence about her. She has a really nice energy with the crowd. Uh, definitely somebody that I think is going to really uh, help bring FXD to the next level. So I'm excited she's in there. It is. Uh, yeah. Here's here's the thing. Okay, and uh, I don't mind it. See, I'm used to dealing with the attitude. Okay, she's got well, attitude. Yeah. You know. Oh, come on. I mean, what's her, uh, you know, we're talking about the booty here, right? Booty monster? I mean, come on. She is the booty monster. And uh, her shirts, folks, uh, got booty. You know, do you have booty? You got booty? I got booty now. Booty just came to FXE, folks. We got booty at FXE. Yes, we do. Mila Naniki has joined the roster. We'll go ahead. We'll put up uh, her picture, her bio on FXE World. We'll put that up tomorrow uh, for all you. Uh, go ahead, check out FXEWorld.com. And again, I go ahead and I make sure I point out the world portion, uh, JT, because as I mentioned the other day on the podcast, uh, we are throughout almost half the country now and in uh, six others. Great. Right, so no, the hey, world is you know, really applying, to... and we're going to continue to push that whole global effort. There's wrestling fans yeah, everywhere. There's wrestling fans everywhere, and there's people who like to, to see you know good entertainment, see a good show, hear a good show everywhere as well. So you know that translates in any language. So I'm excited as well. FXE World is uh, definitely going to be fun. I've already been on there a few times. I'm enjoying it. You know, and then like I said, the folks. We'll put up uh, Mila's picture up there, the uh, <laughs> the booty monster. Uh, I, the booty I, monster. If you notice one thing, okay, as the jester goes ahead mm-hmm. and starts putting together this whole women's side of things, uh, she's not that bad looking either. I, I think uh, the guys, I think the guys are going to like her work, but I think they're going to like her too. Oh yeah, I don't yeah, I don't see how you can get tired of watching her in the ring in any facet of what she brings. So, absolutely couldn't could not agree more. Yeah. What what more could you possibly want than a woman that hard on the eyes and a phenomenal phenomenal wrestler? So, I'm happy to bring a talent like that to FXE folks and uh over the next 
Over the next couple of podcasts, what I'll do is let me see. Let's get her in here, JT. We'll get her on one of the shows. Let's talk to her and uh, we'll find out a little bit more about her and uh, get things going. But yeah, folks, this now, is what you can now expect. Wait. Go ahead. Now wait, Uh-oh. Jester. I, I have one request of you, though. Please mm-hmm. don't ask Everett Lee any opinions at this point because I don't know if he can take another slam through those tables. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I've got to let up on Everett Lee, uh, for a little bit. Although I was thinking, <laughs> oh no, that's never good. That is, folks, I want to warn you now, we need a little warning sound, like when the, uh, public service uh, message emergency comes on, Jester is thinking, I feel mushroom cloud. Go for it. What do you got? I have an idea and I, 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 <laughs> All right. I'm thinking I'd like to send Everett down to go try and interview ODB. Oh, God, I'm all I'm on board for that, because uh, (laughs) if he thinks Renegade, if he thinks Renegade was bad. I just want to see it. Yeah, I just want to. Oh, yeah. I I want to have a little fun with that. Either ODB or or maybe Mila. I want to see maybe Mila. Well, now now that you mentioned, though. By the way, you mentioned uh, ODB. Let me or let me tell you, she is an absolute trip to follow on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, she is. She's funny. Uh, uh, she's funny. Uh, no. She's yeah. She is fun to follow on Twitter. And folks, I continue to chase after ODB to come on uh, to come be FXE and come wrestle. Uh, oh yeah. One of our FXE shows. I have a feeling I'm going to be able to talk her into coming on the. Um, uh, to FXE on the March 18th show, so uh, we'll see. We'll continue to let you, you guys know how that all plays out. Exactly. I mean, you we hit a home run tonight with with Mila. Uh, you know, it'd be another one if you if you bring her on. So things are just continuously looking up for these shows. March 18th is not going to get here fast enough. Yeah, I promise you one thing, folks. Um, the women's division. Everybody's wondered. You know, they knew what I was doing as far as men. Everybody knew I was going to have a mix, both big guys and high flyers, a, a good mix of talent. And some guys that are both. I've got a guy. Oh, I can't wait to announce this kid. Um, I've got a kid that is, he is phenomenal. He's both. He's big and he flies. So, I mean, uh, we've got some talent coming for you, folks. I can promise you that. I can't wait to announce him. Um, but, yeah, no, the women's division here, it's going to be real simple. Here's the great thing about Florida wrestling and wrestling in general in the United States. There's a large pool to pick from. There really is. So, you know, like when I go ahead and I, I, I and that's male or female. So when I talk about, say, like a Mila Naniki, okay, this is after watching a lot of bad wrestling to get to the diamonds, you know, uh, my eyes feel like they're ready to bleed from some of the poor wrestling that I've had to watch to get to the good wrestlers. But it's been worth it because, you know what, there is a bunch of talent out there, and in particular the women's division, that are talented and not hard on the eyes. So if uh, you're looking for that, you know, ugly, brutish-looking wrestler in the female division – don't. I'm bringing all hotties that know how to wrestle, folks. Okay, they're going to do both. Well, They're going to look good and kick ass at the same time. Right. 
Wait a minute. Let's, who doesn't let's like a woman like that? that? Wait a minute. Let's be well, honest. Yeah. Who doesn't like a woman that looks good and can kick ass at the same time? Well, when their appearance matches the high quality of their actual in-ring ability, that's gold. And with, with this, you know, with Mila, that's exactly what it is. You know, she's uh, fantastic in the ring, and like you said, not hard on the eyes in any way, shape, or form. So, get ready. Well, that was the that was the the first prerequisite for all the wrestlers was in-ring ability. That that was first and foremost as far as in-ring ability or how you have progressed over the uh, over your wrestling career to where you are, um, and then it was pretty much uh, all the other things. With the women, yeah, uh, very first thing, yeah, I want great wrestling. Next, I want somebody that takes care of themselves. No kidding. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, you do, you do have to look at one thing. You know, somebody like Joey Cage has to be glad that you know they don't have the same, uh, you know, prerequisites in the men's division as the women's because he's got the in-ring ability. But man, is he hard on the eyes. The lumberjack got that <laughs> big red, got that was- big red beard going. Okay. Yeah, looks, I was wondering if he was thinking about joining the Wyatt family or something. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could be one of the Wyatts one day. You never know. You never know. Folks, that's FXE for you. And, you know, if you like wrestling and if you like FXE, both, okay, because we cover WWE and FXE every Wednesday night, 9 p.m., FXE Live. Don't forget, tune in this week as we have a little guest. Uh, we got a guest coming on, or at least a guest hello, and uh, uh, what I like to refer to as a drive-by. So that is, you want to stay tuned for that. That's a tease. Aren't I getting good at that? Aren't I? I'm getting pretty good at that crap. Aren't I? You do. You you like to tease way too much, you know. So, but you are good at it. I'll give you that. That's what I've learned. I've learned how to do it. I don't have to tell everybody everything all the time, and it still be good. That's what I like. But it scares me because let let's be honest. I mean, you're you don't have a real innate ability of of keeping your uh, trap shut. So the fact that you're able to do this means you're evolving. That scares me a little bit. Uh, what it should do is should scare a lot of other wrestling productions because if you <laughs> notice, if it will. Um, you know, usually, all right, I'm the type of guy, folks, first of all, I'm the type of guy, you would rather have me rant and rave. If you know I'm pissed about something, you would rather hear me rant and rave than shut up. Because shut up means I'm planning somebody's demise. Um, and then pretty much that kind of applies to this is I, I have to perform under my own gag order. I, I have a gag order, a company gag order, not to talk about talent, uh, location, and the matches, and this, that, the other, until it's properly announced. And I am, I'm relishing it now. I'm relishing it because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to unleash a world of what the heck on people. I can promise you, folks, if you're listening to this show and you have a way to be in D-Land, Florida, March 18th. That's as far as I'll go. I almost said it. <laughs> I can't trust me. I can't trust me. No, you really um, can't trust you at March all. March 18th, okay, if you have the opportunity to be in D-Land, Florida, so I can at least give people central location, 
Um, I promise you, our opening act and that first wrestler that comes out of the gate, you're going to be like, holy shit. What the hell? Oh, my God. And then you're going to see the quality behind the look. FXE, folks, Florida Extreme Entertainment, making wrestling great again. Stay tuned. We've got you covered if you're a wrestling fan. I promise you. JT, 45 minutes. Is that enough time to talk AFC, NFC championship games? Man, with some some of the storylines out there, I don't know. But uh, I'm definitely willing to give it a try. Uh, Mrs. Jester uh, sadly said goodbye to Mr. Bradley. He is now over. uh, Defensive coordinator, like we called. Yeah. We called that he'd be a defensive coordinator. You know, you can concentrate on the defense. Don't worry about the rest of the stuff. Just do what you do best. You know, you're like North Turner, but not everybody makes a head coach. No, no. And that's fine. Go do what you're good at and uh, be happy. He's going now, to L.A. Now, wait a minute, though. That and, and let's be real, guys. I just want to throw this out there. Feel better because you, too, could have the 30th-ranked defense next season and still be in line for a head coaching position like Vance Joseph. So, hey, the sky's not all gray, bud. No, no, no. You can completely suck at your job and get a head coaching job if uh, you have to fill a quota. <coughs> Whoops. Did I say that? Did I, say I, I didn't that? hear anything. I don't know what you're should talking we about. Go, should we go to the uh, AFC-NFC championship games now, now that I've gotten myself yeah, in trouble? I think, yeah, you, now that the water has uh, increased temperature slightly, let's uh, move on to the actual on-field action, huh? Uh, let's start with the early game. Three oh five. We have Green Bay and Atlanta. JT, I'll let you start this game. I'll start the other one. Yeah, I go back and look. Uh, you know, Green Bay is a lot like uh, the uh, suit store and my cousin Vinny. It had the flu. You know, all of Green Bay had the flu this week. So uh, you kind of wonder what that did for preparation. Um, you know, when I had the flu a couple weeks ago, I lost quite a bit of weight. You kind of wonder this conditioning, but I don't really think any of that matters. Atlanta actually has a solid defense, but an extremely strong offense, whether you're talking about the two-headed monsters in the backfield and Freeman and Coleman, or you're looking at MVP candidate Matt Ryan thrown at Gabriel, Hardy, Hooper, Julio Jones. So uh, when I look at this game, I just think that when I look at each level – I think Atlanta beats Green Bay in every facet of the game. Then you throw it, it's in the dome. Green Bay doesn't have that cold weather to lean on. So I really don't think this game's going to be very close. Hmm. Oddly enough, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about what we thought about the game. We just went over the review of what we'd be talking about. Oddly enough, I, uh, I do agree with you because, um, you know, one of the things that are lost, and in particular in the Giant game with Green Bay, the receivers were getting open. Mm-hmm. It Just is couldn't catch the, it. It is, yeah, it is the thirtieth ranked past defense for a reason. The Giants were open all day long, 
every I, I, almost every play there was a, at least one, if not two, guys wide open, and some of the passes that were dropped were wide open. So right. um, when you're dealing with a receiving core, that okay, let's even say go ahead and you double cover Julio all day. Mohamed Sanu, and in particular, and for you fantasy folks, I really see, okay, Taylor Gabriel having a huge game. Somebody underneath that's going to just be too fast, okay, for for the linebacking core. In particular, Matthews, who's a step slow and too busy about flipping his, taking off his helmet, flipping his hair every two oh, plays. Yeah. And when Zeke hit that B button last week and pulled the spin move on him, I mean, I think Clay Matthews and his hair all just ended up halfway down the opposite direction. So I couldn't agree with you more there. Let me ask you something. As you mentioned that, though, I've been wanting to ask you this all week. So if you're a Green Bay's defensive coordinator, you look at what they did last week by leaving Gunter, uh, Gunter, whatever you want to call him, one-on-one mm-hmm. with Des Bryant and bringing Clinton Dix down in the box to uh, combat Zeke Elliott. Do you still see them taking a chance, or do they double him and worry about those backs receiving abilities coming out of the backfield? Pick your point. Uh, well, and that's the thing is, and that's my point, is that the Atlanta offense didn't score the eighth most points in NFL history for nothing. There, there is no buy. There, this isn't something that you can just stop, folks. This isn't just like okay, we shut down Julio, okay, and well, all you gotta do is worry about the running game. No, then you gotta still worry about the tight end. You still got receivers like Sanu and Gabriel, okay. So, all right, so we shut down passing and we leave the running game. No, can't do that either because you've got not one but two very talented backs. It poses such a bad matchup problem for, in particular, for a defense like Green Bay. Now, I would have, I would have, I would have thought a better matchup to beat Atlanta would have been Dallas or the Giants, just simply from a defensive standpoint. I don't see, I don't yeah. see Green Bay doing it. I just, I don't even see Green Bay sniffing it to be honest with you. And you mentioned about being sick. Okay. If I'm mm-hmm. sick or I haven't been feeling well, uh, normally you get very warm. You get the sweats real easy and all of that. Okay. Well, but if you're outside in 20 degree weather, you don't feel it as much. If you're in a 70 degree dome where it's nice temperature, but now it's warmer and you're sweating as you're playing, it drains you more because you already have been sick and losing fluids and this, that, the other. So it really drains you more. Uh, again, from every standpoint, I'm trying – why I'm going through each and every little part of it, folks, is, yeah, I really do look at every little part like that, and so does JT. Uh, I'm trying to find somewhere, some way, JT, where Green Bay has an advantage, Well, look at that, though. You know, the one other thing that neither one of us has mentioned, you look at what Dallas had to do to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers was blitz their corner, Skandrick, off the the end every time. They don't have the pass rushing ends or tackles to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, whereas if you look at Atlanta, guys like Vic Beasley can get to the quarterback. Atlanta doesn't have to bring their secondary guys in. They can drop back 
that you don't have Aaron Rodgers having open receivers. So I wish, I'm like you, I wish I could find some facet of the game that Green Bay has an advantage, what, Mason Crosby maybe? Big leg, 56-yard field goal? I mean, maybe? Uh, no. I don't even see I I don't see it being close, man. I don't even see it being I don't close. Either. I see I just see a, a, a team that uh listen, and this is coming from somebody who can be a realistic Giant fan, okay? The Giants should have had Green Bay. They should have. They dropped the passes, but Green Bay should have never gotten past them. The fact that they played a rookie quarterback, okay? Is and he really didn't do that bad, okay? But now you're going to go against Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. I just don't see it, folks. I just don't see it. So, you know, one last thing I want to throw in there on this game is kind of a part of the game that a lot of people don't look at. But to me, one of the best free agent acquisitions in the league this past year was Alex Mack, center from Cleveland, that went down to Atlanta, who handles all the line claws, the blocking assignments. He's a Pro Bowl center, and it allows Matt Ryan to just concentrate on his job. You look at what Matt Ryan had last year and the season he had with his offensive line versus this year when he's an MVP candidate, just something that I think a lot of people overlook. Cleveland, you should have kept that guy. Yeah, no doubt. But then you can say that about a a couple of guys that they've let go over the past, what, two, three years Taylor Gabriel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of guys that they've gone ahead and uh, just, I have no idea. You know, I, I, I want to know what happened to uh, oh, that kid, the tight end that went to Miami that plays for you guys, and now he hardly ever plays. Cameron Jordan? Um, Concussions. He had way too many concussions. I know that was an issue for him coming to Miami. I know he had several uh, concussions with the Dolphins. And quite honestly, I think that uh, Gase decided to go with Deion Sims, who actually can block and catch the ball. And that was a problem with Cameron Jordan. Is he, or Jordan Cameron, I would get those two mixed up. But uh, he just couldn't block anybody. You saw how bad our offensive line was at times. We needed that extra blocker. Let me ask you, uh, you know, as I'm looking at the other game now. I'm, I'm looking now. Let's move over to Pittsburgh and the Patriots for, for several reasons. But uh, I really, you know, I'm going to go first on this one. And here's my problem. Here's my problem. And usually I am pretty good at separating my hate for, you know, professionalism and doing my job, what I'm supposed to do. And I, I, I don't know. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on some of what I have to say about Pittsburgh, New England. And I really believe Pittsburgh has a chance in this one. I take a look at some of what's gone on. And in particular, you know, um, who Brady has faced. You know, this year, Brady has faced Cody Kessler, Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Trevor Simeon, Bryce Petty, and Matt Moore. Not a list of Hall of Famers. No, it's not. 
Not even close. No, no. And they won all those games. Now, the one game that he played against a better-than-average Russell Wilson, they lost that game. How much has this Patriots team really been tested? Brock Osweiler wasn't going to test them. Let's be honest. We all knew that. Mm -hmm. This Pittsburgh offense can test them. And now, in particular, you know, for you fantasy peeps out there, here's why I think Pittsburgh has an opportunity. Now, I don't – if you're a daily fantasy player – Stay away from Le'Veon Bell. Stay away from Bell. Because you're still talking about a New England defense who let up the fewest fantasy points to all the running backs. Now, will he still get some yards? Yes. Will he be a beast? Probably not. Because remember one thing. That number can be a little deceptive. Because how many times were the other team behind in games and had to throw? So, of course, the fantasy running back would not be getting as many points. So, you got to look at all these things. But in this, the greater fantasy play, Antonio Brown, without a question, without a question. Because now you're talking from a fantasy standpoint, first of all, a defense that certainly – gives up more points than the fewest two running backs. But I take a look at somebody with a similar skill set that has played the New England defense twice this year. JT, I don't have to go much further than your team with Jarvis Landry. He's had Mm -hmm. the opportunity to play New England twice this year. He has combined – In 25 targets on those two games, he caught 19 of the 25. He's he's caught a total of 211 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. In other words, you can pass on this team, folks. Uh, A wide receiver such as Jarvis Landry, and there's a bunch of people that are like, how can you mention Jarvis Landry in the same breath as – Antonio Brown, real simple. Go put Jarvis Landry with Ben Roethlisberger and then get back to me. Sorry. I love Tannehill more, I love Tannehill more than the average person, but I don't love him like, uh, as, as a quarterback as I do Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Interesting, premise, interesting premise you come <laughs> off with uh, with your quarterback list and some other things. And maybe uh, maybe you can get one of the interns in there to pull up a stat for me because I didn't know you were going this direction. But where sure. exactly were the Chiefs in total defense this past season? Because when I look at Pittsburgh, I look at a team that could not score a touchdown. 18 points. That's way too many field goals. Field goals, field goals will not beat New England in the playoffs. As for Le'Veon Bell, he's too big a part in the passing game for me to not play him, uh, you go last week, for some reason, every time that Pittsburgh got in the red zone, they stopped running the football. Everything was a pass. I think Mike Tomlin needs to look at uh, Todd Haley and say, listen, they can't stop Le'Veon Bell. He ran the ball 30 times. 
I believe he caught five or six balls as well. Run the football in the red zone. I do think with somebody like Marquise Pouncey, who pulls extremely well for a center, can get out on the outside and, and lead block that way into the end zone. I still see Bell getting a touchdown. If not rushing, he will get one receiving. Um, your comparison of Antonio Brown to Jarvis Landry, I couldn't agree more. You do throw somebody like Landry with a real quarterback, and I think you see his game elevate quite a bit. Uh, and, again, I'm not beating up Tannehill either, but let's be honest, Ben has Super Bowl ring. Tannehill doesn't even have a playoff victory. So, yeah, yeah at this point, quick. it's really not a comparison. And real quick on that, Kansas City uh, this past uh, year was the seventh best uh, scoring defense in the league. Mm-hmm. And what were they, though, in overall defense? Do we have that? In overall defense? No, I just I have, I just have uh, total points allowed. They okay. were seventh. The reason I say that is New England, I believe, was number one defense, uh, period. They had 250. Yeah, New England, I know. New England had 250 for the year, and KC had 311. So I just look at a team that couldn't score touchdowns against KC, who has a lot of holes in their defense, and you give Belichick a chance to scheme against a team like Pittsburgh in the playoffs, I just I can't pick against New England in this game. Yeah, I know. I Like I said, I, I'm having a tough time just simply because it's who who they are. I mean – Maybe if uh, maybe if Pittsburgh had Eli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, had yeah to, exactly. Had if Pittsburgh had Eli, it was the same draft. Back to beat them, huh? It, it, it was the same draft. Ben and Eli, I believe. Ben yeah, Eli Rivers, all the same same draft. Hell of a quarterback draft. Um, you know, hell of a quarterback yeah, draft. And you know what? As much as I don't like Rivers' attitude, if he had been on a better team, that kid would have. Uh, he could have been. Much better, much better. Much. Uh, he he should he should for all the yards he's thrown, you would think he should have a a, a Super Bowl or at least a couple of playoff wins even. Right, terrible. Right, and terrible. you know something, I don't know if you saw it. I've been meaning to ask you, and I put it out there on Facebook for you. But did you see the side by side picture comparison of Bill Belichick and the lady from Throw Mama from the Train or, or Goonies? I mean, it's uncanny how exactly like those two are so the way i feel about it if the hoodie ever loses his job with the new england patriots i feel like there's a role for him on the remake of goonies as ma fratelli so you know either way i'm feeling pretty good about bill belichick's future no i said throw mama from a train reference was perfect alan (laughs) (laughs) no that was good let me ask you something you know i want to go ahead and take a look at something about next year as I, as I want to go ahead and look at the fantasy horizon. And I put a question out there recently, maybe about a week or so ago, and we got away from it. I wanted to ask you, you weren't around. What's your thoughts on the, yeah. What's your thoughts on, uh, you know, I'm a sophomore slump kind of guy. And when you have two Mm -hmm. rookies, when you have two rookies uh, on a team, uh, just did as what they did in Dallas in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, a team that is soon to be near and dear to your heart. Um, you know, when you go there now and you're headed down there, uh-huh. what do you expect to see? Do you expect to see both of them continue or do you expect one of the two 
or both to hit a sophomore slump next year? Well, you know, since I am going to Dallas, you know, I really do feel the need to follow the lead of the gesture and make sure that I support the local teams, you know, so I, I will follow you lead on that, you know, Good. so, you know, absolutely. So, but uh, when you look at those two guys, you won't have Tony Romo in the picture. Jamel Showers is, I think, been moved to safety now. So, you know, Kyle Moore may be the backup. I don't think you're going to see the pressure that Prescott has, you know, excelled under this year. You're not going to have that pressure next year. you got a guy who's smart, who reads defense as well, and takes care of the football pretty well. So I really don't see a, a, a drop-off for him. I think Dallas needs to address the wide receiver two position in free agency or in the draft. And like you said, Terrence Williams is better suited to be in the slot. So I think they're going to get him another weapon. And obviously you're probably going to have to look at a tight end. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, the guy blocks, the guy catches the football, he runs the football. He excels in every facet of the offense. I, again, I with that offensive line and having a quarterback like Prescott behind him, I don't see the one of those two guys falling off. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Neither one. Neither one. No. All right. Let me ask you something. <clears throat> Moving around the league a little bit, looking towards next year, your fantasy people. Mm-hmm. Let's go over. Let's take well, a look at that. Go ahead, what? No, oh, no. Okay, I was going to say continue. What's going to happen in Denver? Trevor Simeon, real, you know, Paxton right. Lynch, who was there uh-huh. first round, mm-hmm. or someone, or, or will they draft another quarterback just in case? I don't think they draft a quarterback. Um, you know, we already know that the incredibly offensive-minded defensive coordinator and Vance Joseph will be there as their head coach now, and he loves to see him some offense, So, um, which well, we saw quite a bit of against his defense. He, I well, that's what I was just going to say. He should know the offense. Uh, he should know how a successful offense looks. By watching his own defensive game film. Um, I think you're going to see John Elway basically insist on some kind of a shotgun spread type of system that better suits Paxton Lynch and the reason he was drafted. He's a good quarterback on the move. He throws well on the run. He's not a statue in the pocket like they wanted him to be last year when he was in there. Uh, Simeon really didn't run unless he had to. I think Denver preferred the quarterback stay in the pocket, and I think that hurts um, the creativity of the offense. So I think you're going to see Paxton Lynch in there, and I think you're going to see an OC in there that will get that shotgun spread offense uh, up and running in Denver. Oh, and it's funny. I I really that kind of offense. You could go ahead and get yourself a Chip Kelly, which surprises me. Hmm. Was, I mean, is that? Do you think that was a real story? Did that did that really happen? That Chip Kelly was meeting with Bill Belichick. What the hell? I can't see. Bill Cody Belichick lost his won. mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, he hasn't. As much as I can't stand him. Uh, there's no way that he brings in that kind of um, that kind of coach won't won't fit in his system. He won't. It just there's no way. The guy's way too risky with his offense. He puts his defenses out on the field far too often and far too much time. And I just don't see Belichick uh, sharing the uh, hen house, if you will. Next quarterback situation for teams next year in your fantasy play, folks. 
Uh, I happen to I happen to agree. I think they're going to go ahead and try and make the most out of that pick uh, and work around Paxton Lynch, and, and they should. They should. Uh, you went ahead. You used the pick. Go ahead. Maximize what you can around him and see what you really have. So, um, going over to another quarterback situation, which is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Sam Bradford. Is he going to be the starter next year? And if so, I mean, what do they do? I mean, they have two they have two starting quarterbacks right now. They're going ahead and going to pay a number one pick for Bradford. But what if Bridgewater comes back and outperforms him in the preseason? Who's your early quarterback? I mean who I mean, I just Minnesota's situation is a mess. You don't know if AP's coming back. Now I'm hearing AP might be interested in going to the Giants. Uh, you've got Bradford, uh, or you've got who did horrible, okay? Or you got Bridgewater, who is still uh, not fulfilling the potential and what everybody thought he'd be. So where do you go if you're Minnesota? Do you draft somebody, or do they have a starter there, JT? Well, I mean, let's, you know, let's look at, at Sam Bradford this year. Uh, you know, I believe uh, opposed to the small stretch of games where you uh, put the whammy on him and we're calling him Sam Bradford, um, you look at the season, 71.6% completion percentage, 38.77 yards, 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions. That's not a bad season. That's not a bad season at all. Uh, you look at you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's more of a 14 touchdown, 14 interception type of guy. He's not a guy that you can go vertical with. He's not a guy that you can lean on to win you games. And let's be honest, AP, the guy averaged, uh, had a dismal below two yards per carry uh, when the season started. And the way he ended last year, I think he's finished. I think the tread's off the tire there. So you're going to need your quarterback to start throwing the ball to targets like Stephon Diggs. Laquan Treadwell, Kyle Randolph, or Kyle Rudolph, excuse me. You need to get these guys involved in the offense. McKinnon's great out of the backfield catching the football. So I think Bradford's your starting quarterback, uh, and I think you need to just continue to put pieces around him. <sighs> Listen, I have to interrupt this broadcast for this NBA breaking news. Um I guess D'Angelo Russell has been diagnosed with a mild right MCL strain and has left mm-hmm. the first quarter of the game. He um he actually got hurt yesterday in the first quarter with that, so he shouldn't. I was hoping he wasn't going to run tonight. I'm surprised they put him back out there. No, that's what I'm saying. If, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is yesterday's news. <laughs> Why did somebody say this was breaking? Somebody's playing with you in the studio. I'm telling you, nice. they're playing with That him. wasn't – yeah, look at the date on it. Yep. Thank you. I was going to say, uh, I didn't even think he was if playing he today, it, period. We don't have a game today, so that's what I'm saying. If yeah. he's out there running around playing basketball, I'm a little concerned with Luke Walton's coaching ability. We may want to start thinking about uh, something else. So, um, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, nice one, guys. Thanks anyway. I appreciate the uh, effort, um, but – new anyway no back to, uh, anymore, man. yeah back to the nfl speaking you know i've got a quarterback that hmm, 
I, I, I wonder what he's got left is, and I like the guy is Drew Brees. Is it time that New Orleans is, is it time for New Orleans to start really preparing? It should have been. I know they haven't. Yeah. I mean, what did he sign that with a two year extension this past year? So they got two years left of him. I definitely think New Orleans needs to invest a pick and, as Dallas showed you by taking Prescott in the third was a third or fourth round, it doesn't have to necessarily be a first-round pick. Um, I think they need to invest in a quarterback. This isn't going to be a particularly strong quarterback draft. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's time to uh, start getting a guy that Drew Brees can groom and kind of show the ropes. And the guy has a chance to learn Sean Payton's very complicated offensive system before you just throw him out there. <laughs> Well, I uh, I have my own problem with my own quarterback, to be honest with you. What we're going to do now, because uh, we have to prepare. We have to prepare for uh, the successor of Eli. Now, if you're the Giants, do you prepare for the successor this year? Or do you wait one more year and go out and get him a running back this year. Oh, I'm getting him a running back. Again, not a strong quarterback draft. Very strong running back draft. I go mm. get him a, a hawk out there running back. and Because uh, that's the one – you give Eli, the, just like his, his brother Peyton or his dad, Archie, you give them the chance to play action with a legitimate running back threat, they're going to pick you apart. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, I, I, I've been saying that they needed, well, yeah, okay, Perkins given half the chance. I mean, the one game where they actually ran him, he had a 100-yard a game. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is, do you go out? <laughs> all right, if you're the Giants, I know my list. If my list was a new coach, a running back, or Eli's replacement, <laughs> I'll take A, please, the new coach. And I think the dogs agree with me. Um, it is definitely time for – Yeah. Folks, listen, the Giants have had Eli. Nothing's changed about Eli. Eli's Eli, okay? We all know what we get with him. You're going to get a bunch of good games, and you're going to get a couple go, what the hell? But for the most part, you're going to get a guy who works hard at what he does, okay, and is successful at it. You load him up with a bunch of weapons. And you still have an offense that continually, year after year, is losing points. We were almost at 30 points a game, JT, before Victor Cruz came back, before we added Shepard. We were at 30 Mm -hmm. points a game. We're struggling to get 20 points a game. 10 points difference, and we added talent. That's the coach. That's nothing else but the coach. Now, how long it takes the Giants staff and the powers that be to realize that that um, village people – throwback wants to 
I, I, I can't take him. And that's the thing is if I had to do my rant over today, I could have started with my coaching staff. You got to understand, I'm still not happy after the giant loss. Okay. No, you're and not. JT, JT, you have to admit, the Giants went out, they paid for defense, they got defense. They went yes, out and got did. Eli weapons, but didn't get offense. Maybe it's time to get uh, an offensive coordinator for that team so that he can con- concentrate on being a head coach. Just saying. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about the Giants, um, and I just want to throw something out there. I've already started doing some of my um, off-season scouting from college for some of the bowl, you know, postseason bowl games and that sort of thing. You know, a right. guy that I think would really help the Giants out is uh, David Njoku from Cedar Grove, New Jersey, uh, tight end for the Miami Hurricanes, 43 catches this year, 698 yards, eight touchdowns. The guy is one of those Jordan Reed, Greg Olson type of tight ends that can really wreak havoc in the middle of the field between the hash marks, and I think that would free those receivers up a little bit more on the outside. And I also think that's going to make those safeties respect that uh, passing game. So the running game should be able to, if you go with a Paul Perkins, uh, be open a little more. But that's, you know, 6'4", 220 pounds, and this guy can flat-out play in a long line of great Miami tight ends. I think he's going to be another one. But that would be something I'd love to see them add to that offense. 6'4", 220? Mm-hmm. He's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, you can have that kind of player and, uh, you know, listen, uh, you look at a guy like Jimmy Graham who's not really gifted from the blocking end, okay? And if you're New Orleans, you use him properly and he's a star. If you're Seattle and you don't know how to use him, he's, he's next to nothing there. It's real I simple. I just think if you, look, if you look at your head coach slash offensive coordinator system, I, yeah, I think you need that kind of tight end in the middle of the field to free up the outside and open up things for the running game. And, uh, and this guy, I'm telling you, look, you look at that 43 balls for 700 yards, eight touchdowns. And he only started five games for Miami this year. So, you know, the guy's a player. Let's go to, uh, let's switch coasts. Let's go out to Arizona. Another quarterback situation in my eyes is Carson Palmer done. He had weapons there. He had a great running game. What the hell was wrong with the Arizona offense? Well, I mean, you look at losing a Michael Floyd probably didn't help any. I know Brown, uh, John Brown, was hurt off and on. Mm. Speaking of that, are you going to talk a little Michael Floyd? What about him? Well, I mean, you lose a possession-type receiver like that, that, uh, you know, I think that hurt Carson Palmer a little bit. But you look at what's out there. Maybe you go sign a Jimmy Garoppolo, who did look good when he had the opportunity to play the you know a couple games before Tom Brady came back. Um, otherwise, I think at this point, maybe you go after uh, you know Watson from Clemson or somebody like that, uh, and hope that he's the answer. Because right now, there's not a whole lot out there at the quarterback position. There's way too many Brock Osweilers um, lurking for that seventy-five million dollar contract. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, Brock, Brock Osweiler. That's just a funny, that's a whole funny story right there, if you ask me. All right, let's go back uh, East Coast and back to the same stadium as the Giants. 
the quarterback mm-hmm. situation for the Jets next year. Mm. So we're looking at – I think it's time to see what you have in Hackenberg. Why would you? I mean, and yeah. now the Jets – yeah, I mean, the Jets took him relatively high as far as draft position goes. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think it was the second, second round, I believe. Yep, but, um, third, third. At this, okay, third round. So at this point, it's obviously not Bryce Petty. Unfortunately, I don't think he has what it takes to do it. Um, Fitzpatrick, they signed to a one-year deal after all that drama, and the Jets kind of looked right for not signing him early on, but then they made a panic move and paid him anyway. I don't think you see the uh, Amish uh, rifle back in uh, – in uh, the Meadowlands this year. So at this point, maybe you um, pull the old suck for luck type of thing and throw the rookie out there. And if, if not, you got a nice quarterback class next season, it'll be out there. You know, that's about it for the jets because I really don't see anything in the free agent market unless they overspend on a Garoppolo. You know, it's a very good point about overspending too. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Now, Hmm. It was funny. I saw a. Uh, I was watching NFL Network uh, today, and it had a segment where it was uh, Boomer Siason, Phil Sims, and uh, and Brandon Marshall. And Phil Sims was throwing the ball across the studio to uh, Brandon Marshall. Marshall turns and goes, "Well, you still got it." Right, and he he zips a couple back in there. Right, he goes, no, I'm dead serious. He goes, you probably throw better right now than at least 15 of the starting NFL quarterbacks out there. And I'm sitting there going to myself, say it, say it, and, and that includes yeah. every one of the quarterbacks on my team. Uh, I, I, you know, I, you want to know what is he thinking at that point? Like, what? Because he was just like, you could tell it was genuine. He was like, wow, nice, still got a little. Got a little zip on it. So he threw him a couple more. He's like, you know, um, you really do throw better than about 15 of the guys out there. And I'm like, that's probably true. Probably this guy, half of those guys are on your team. And, I mean, I can name four of them for you right now. Hackenberg, Petty, Patrick, Geno Smith. You know, so. It was funny. Yeah, I would have loved to see somebody needed to follow that up. Give me me a couple of those 15, why don't you? Yeah, can you you give me a couple? I know you got a couple on the top of your head. (laughs) And, 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 you know, know, Marshall, I mean, you know, I know you usually leave the abdomen open, uh, you know, when you're fighting. You know, you're kind of weak in that area. But Geno Smith's jaw is pretty weak, so I believe you could take him if he really got too mad at what you had to say. Yeah, some. Can't touch me. Can't touch me. Judge, 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 just like the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 2. I've got diplomatic immunity, so hammer, you can't sue. I can write graffiti, even jaywalk in the street. I can riot, loot, not give a hoot, and touch your sister's teeth. Can't touch me. Can't touch me. What in God's name is he doing? Can't touch me. I believe that's the worm. Stop. Peter time. I'm a big shot. There's no doubt. Light a fight and pee it out. Don't like it? Kiss my rump. Just for a minute, let's all do the bump. 